the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 139. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. And that's not it. You can share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now onto the show. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? I have many tabs open this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Many tabs open. Um, it's that time of year. It is that time of year. And as we're recording this, it's the first day of Thanksgiving holiday break, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. those things. So yeah, so I'm, I'm wearing a lot of hats, as we all do all the times. But mm-hmm. today it feels particularly acute. <laughs> same, same, same. Yes. I'm always... Uh, encouraged, delighted, uh, reminded, you know, I know men do things too, so I'm not anti-man, but just women amaze me mm-hmm. at, at, at what we do, what we juggle, how we do it. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of tabs open mm-hmm. and I love closing a tab. <laughs> yes. It does feel good to close one and get it done. Um, yeah. So that's the time of year, but I have to say, I feel incredibly incredibly creative right now. Oh, good. Yeah, me too. It's like this time of year, even though it's so busy with other life things and and family obligations and whatnot, I was thinking back for the last five years since I've been sober, this has been a very fertile time for me. Mm -hmm. Like all the ideas are coming. I don't know why, but because it's like you would think uh, I don't have time for that, but I'm making time for it and it's great. Yeah, this has been an unusual um, end of year time for me as well. Normally, I'm uh, a little bored right now or, you know, that kind of thing, but not not this year. This year feels a lot different for me. And maybe it's because of my work with Change Your Story and all the women that I'm working with right now are inspiring me. Maybe that's it. Um, That's probably a lot of it, actually. But yeah, same. I have a lot... um, that I'm, you know, even if I'm not physically working on it, I am, it's in my head. The ideas are in my head and they're, and they're kind of, I'm kind of working through them, forming some things in my head. So yeah, 
it feels, um, yeah, it feels really good. But then, you know, like I said, with all the tabs open, then I've also got, you know, my kids are here eagerly waiting to be, um, you know, entertained this weekend. (laughs) I have a husband that would like to see me. So yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, That's going on over here as well, but I have to say there's some new, there's new developments over here. My son got his driver's license on Friday. Oh my. And my mama heart was like really nervous about it and trying not to be dramatic about it, but I did not take him to go to his driving test. I let his dad take him because I just felt like maybe my energy might bother him, you know, or make him a little unsettled or something. I don't know. Not that I would mean to, uh, but I was a little anxious about it. And so his dad took him and he got a hundred percent. Nice. And we met him that night and I gave him my car and Steve and I went to go get a little something to eat. And we just looked at each other like, wow, that just, All right. it felt super monumental. Like when we bought our house, it was one, of sure. those, one of those couple moments where you're like, did this really happen? <laughs> um, that's what it felt like. It felt really big. So he's been driving himself around this weekend and we're starting off slow, but that was kind of a big change, Sandra. I'm not going to be the taxi driver like I have been. Wow. The yeah. free Uber, the f- Uber, the... Yeah, I was Uber <laughs> all day. In fact, I, I took a moment to capture it on Instagram <laughs> on Sunday. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not there yet. I don't know. It'll happen, but... Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm really glad. What I wanted to say is I told my husband when we went out that night that our son went out on his own. I said, I'm really glad I don't drink anymore because I would have quote unquote needed a drink because my kid's going to be out there driving. I would have used any excuse um, because I was anxious and uh, worried for him. And it was just really like I had a kefir. (laughs) I had like, you know, some kombucha and and it just felt like that was all I needed. And uh, I could be awake when he got home to, you know, make sure he was home safely. So that felt different. Mm. It definitely felt different. Um, so that's what's going on over here. Yes. Kind of a big change. And I'm, I'm going to, I think I found more time to create this weekend because I didn't have to drive him all over. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to feel interesting. Although I have another, you know, it'll be a while before I'm (laughs) experience all that freedom. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I bet I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) The, 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 the work I've done in sobriety has definitely helped me feel better about all of this though. I know that for sure. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we should we uh, talk about what we're promoting or doing and then jump into the intro? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I released my Groove 11-day uh, creative email course for the curious beginner. And it was so awesome, Sandra, to see the names of people signing up that I know from the podcast, from the Facebook group, uh, from Instagram, and people sending little notes. And it was just really awesome. So uh, by the time this airs, the, the program is uh, available for $55. It's like five bucks a day and you don't have to do it. If you sign up for it, you know, and you want to get it and you want to save it until January 1st, you can do that. You can do it at your own pace. Um, so yeah, that's, what's going on right now. That's what I'm promoting is my groove 11 day creative email course for the curious beginner. 
Great. What about you? I'm glad you've gotten some good feedback. I am, I can, uh, I'm still taking clients for change your story. I actually had a couple, I have a couple that are finishing up this week. And so really I started thinking, oh, I can take more actually. And I know it's the holiday, so I get it. But if you sign up now and we go into January, that's totally fine. So hint, hint, sign up now because you'll get the price, um, uh, the 2019 price because the price is going to go up for 2020. So sign up now. That's what I would do if I were you. <laughs> Where do they sign um, up? You can sign up at theanruffle.com. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there, there's a sales page there that'll tell you all about it. But in a nutshell, it is an opportunity to work with me one-on-one where I help you, coach you, guide you um, to bringing forth uh, some idea, big or small, that won't leave you alone. That one that wakes you up in the middle of the night, that one. Um, I write the women that I'm working with right now. I'll give you some examples. There's lots of writing projects, um, blogs, starting blogs, um, actual tangible launching products, um, creative Exciting. entrepreneurship. Yeah. That kind of thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's really fun. Really fun. It's fun to get progress on your thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, the one thing I said, sign up for Groove and I'm just, I'm so good at self-promotion, Sandra. I didn't tell people where they could find it. So oh, yeah. <laughs> on my website, I've been working with a web designer, one of our unruffleds, and I hired her to help me with some technological things and all things on my website. So she updated my website homepage, which is beautiful. And um, I have a new tagline, which is sober, dignified, creative woman. And that is on there. And she has both of my classes. Groove is on there that they can just, people can just click on. And she also has a sign up sheet for the proof of life project that will be launching on my five year sober birthday on February 3rd. Uh, you can learn more about that all on the website. Go check it out. Cause it looks really pretty. She's helping me. Not what the whole thing isn't revamped yet, but the homepage is definitely revamped and those pages. And it's at tammysolace.com. Exciting. Yeah. Okay, so okay. let's talk about today. Yeah, so today we are continuing on with our series where we asked our um, asked women for from our Unruffled podcast community to um, pitch us for the show. And so um, today we have on the podcast Mary Ellen Cusack. And Mary Ellen is a grateful, sober, single mom of four from Massachusetts. She is a lifelong art enthusiast maker and currently earns the lion's share of her living with paintbrush in hand. After about four years of hard personal work and recovery, Mary Ellen finally made the connection between her fears around her art and the spiritual path of creativity. And through online channels, she was inspired by, among other things, Amanda Grace's raw e-course and the uh, 100 Day Project, and has finally had the courage to create out loud and can be found posting art at her Instagram account, which is at M-E-C-U-S-A-C-K, at me, Cusack. She loves her morning coffee, long chats with her cats, forgiveness, compassion, and living in integrity. Not necessarily in that order. Mm -hmm. We loved our conversation with Mary Ellen, and we hope that you guys do too. 
Hey, Mary Ellen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Good morning. Good morning, where, Sandra. Where are you chatting to us from? Where are you at right now? Well, I'm in my living room um, in Massachusetts, freezing cold, northeastern part of the uh, country, just sitting here with my cats in the sun. Is it Set snow? myself up with a nice glass of water. <laughs> Do you have snow on the ground or is it just cold? It snowed for the first time last night. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we have snow on the ground, and uh, it's mostly, yeah, it's covering the leaves right now. They have not come to take my leaves away yet, um, and, uh, it's, but it is sitting on my back deck, a little snow covering, so, yeah. Cozy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's happening, whether we like it or not, and uh, <laughs> this part of the year is really, is the trickiest part of the year for me, um, sort of emotionally. Um, and it's always bittersweet and it's always an ending and there's always a lot of, a lot of stuff in the head this time of year. So, um, yeah, I try to be, are you seasonal? Do you get the seats, the SADS, the seasonal affective disorder? Um, Gosh, I just get, I get wishy-washy and I get, um, I start to get wistful for things mm. that have gone by, I think. Mm. Um, I start to feel time pass more at this time of the year than I do at any other time of the year, like the passing of time and my children start another year of school. And, you know, like it's just a, a time marker unlike any other time of the year for me. So mm-hmm. um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Every time it, I, we approach, we start approaching Halloween, I'm like, okay, here it is again. It's Halloween, then it's Thanksgiving, yeah. then it's another Christmas. Yeah. And, yeah, and then daylight daylight savings just just nails it to the ground. <laughs> right. Dark right. and dark and uh huh. You have more but... time to contemplate impermanence. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you know, I re- had read something not too long ago about um about actually changing the way you do things with the seasons. Where you know, I get in my pajamas. Mm-hmm. Like I just do, and I don't care, and I'll build a fire, and we start to wind <laughs> down earlier than we do any other time of the year, and and you go with that whole rhythm of being, and if I, whenever I go with the rhythm of anything, it's so much better than fighting it. So <laughs> that's what I do. Hell yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to be reminded that we're not good at it sometimes. Yeah. And that's have to do it. Yeah. Over no. Again. No. Well, let's no. talk about real quick. Your sobriety date probably pays a part, plays a part in this. Can you share with our listeners what your sobriety date is? Yeah, my sobriety date is November fifteenth, two thousand fourteen. So on Friday, I will have five years sober. Uh, congratulations! Congratulations! Oh. That's a good chunk of time Thank there. You so much. It is a good chunk of time. I can remember thinking early on, like, I wonder what five years will feel like. Right. <laughs> when you know, you just can't get that one day at a time thing. And you're thinking, what's it going to be like five years from now? Uh-huh. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's really awesome. And, you know, I think, you know, I like to think back and, and say, what, what was I doing five years from ago today? You know, yeah. I was insane. My life is so much better. It's a 180. So mm-hmm. it's, it's great. It's really great. Well, congratulations. That's a big deal. Yes, Thanks. it is a big deal. Thank you. So for our listeners and, and 
and for us as well, can you briefly describe like how, you know, you came to the decision to quit drinking, you know, kind of a little bit of what it was like, what happened, what it's like now, kind of like put that in a, in a, in a way that our listeners can kind of understand. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I was a drinker. I was always a drinker. Um, People around me were drinkers. Um, I drank, I started drinking really early on in life. Um, And I won't go too much into detail, but I I think the first time I drank is kind of an interesting story because, and I didn't realize this until, you know, several years into sobriety when you're thinking things through and you're like, have one of those aha moments. One of the first times I drank, I think it was the first time I drank, you know, it was me and a friend and another friend and a big, like horrible cheap bottle of like some Rianiti product. Um, and we just drank it all and we got really drunk and we were all throwing up mm-hmm. and the parents came and the parents came home. It was probably, we were probably 14 and, um, and it was two things. It was funny to them, to the parents. They laughed at us. They sort of like had fun at our expense. Like, Oh, now you see what it's like. Ha ha ha. You know? And I uh, guess, guess you'll never do that again. And, um, and also, we're not going to tell your parents. So it's funny and entertaining, A. And B, we're going to hide it. We're gonna, it's going to be secret. And no one will have to know. And I, I realized, like, wow, that was kind of set the stage for um, the next how many ever years? Like, um, third no, 20 years, 30 years of drinking, you know, it was fun. It was entertaining. It was funny. It was, um, and, and no matter how, what it looks like, um, we'll make sure, you know, nobody knows how bad it is. We'll keep <laughs> so, it a secret. You know, yeah. that, right. Yeah, That's an interesting observation. Yeah. 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 And I carry that around, um, subconsciously, I think, because, a large part of my story is that it, if it looked good, it was good. Um, and, and I had, um, you know, I drank in college. I drank when I was newly married. I drank through my first divorce. I drank socially. I drank, you know, like everyone else did for a long time. I thought, um, and then, you know, I have four children. Um, I had four pregnancies and I thought, you know, a good sign was that I could get through those pregnancies without drinking. Um, that must mean I'm not an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, had that conversation with I myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't have a problem because if I did have a problem, I would be doing this. You know, I had a kind of a little laundry list of those kinds of things that if I had a problem, I wouldn't be able to do this or I would be able to do this. And, um, and so um, life went on and I, I was a drinker. I became a heavy drinker. Then I became a problem drinker. Um, And then um, my behavior just became like, and my mind, my mind was so, um, so chaotic and so insane. And honestly, like, and I will say, I will say this, um, and I have said it before, 
I never worried that my kids were going to have to visit me in rehab. I worried that they were going to have to visit me in a mental institution. That's what got me into recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and what happened was I was going through my second divorce and um, you know, I'm simultaneously insane. My drinking is getting worse. I'm drinking while I'm working. I'm, you know, setting up jobs that I can do while I drink on purpose, you know. Um, and, and it just went off the cliff when, when it got really loud inside my head and really loud in the court of public opinion around my divorce, because remember, if it looked good, it was good. So nobody knew that my marriage was in trouble. Mm. And mm-hmm. nobody knew that I had a drinking problem. Um, I just drank a lot. And so did all of my friends and all of the people that I chose to, you know, associate with. And, you know, not all of my friends, but for the, the lion's share of them, most of them um, just drank, drank like me. Sure. We partied, we partied and we socialized and we hung out and we on the back deck and by the fire. And it's just a lot of alcohol. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit and say, Oh, you know, these, this half of them all had drinking problems too, because that's not my business. But I just drank like the people around me. And, and I don't think it was, I, my drinking was ever cause for concern for anybody because I was very careful that there wouldn't be evidence of that. Well, I didn't, I didn't hang out with people who didn't drink. No, I didn't either. I, I didn't, had zero that. interest. So yeah, you surround yourself yeah. and maybe they don't have the, I mean, I, I don't know either what the people around me were doing, but um, right. at home later or pre-drinking, I don't know if they were doing those things that I was doing, but I know that I was. Right. So yeah. Right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like drinking, having my dressing drinks before I went out. Right. I call them my dressing drink. <laughs> I just put on my makeup, get dressed, have my, my cocktails. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't conceive of going out without taking the edge off. Right, right. The, pre, the preloading. And yeah, yeah. And, and you know, when you're right. I mean, that's the thing that kept me drinking or one of the things that kept me drinking for a very long time was because if I ever, you know, I always did that comparing thing. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. everyone else drinks like me. All of my right, friends right. were reflecting right back to me exactly what I'm doing. So it must not yeah. be. Um, yeah. And um, it wasn't until, um, you know, that time around my divorce that I was just so, was so grief stricken around that event in my life. Um, I don't know if I'd ever used alcohol to medicate my grief before like that. Um, but I definitely started to, and I don't know what it was about that period. I I was really affected by, I mean, you know, what people thought of me and, you know, my part in, in the end of the marriage, um, you know, it wasn't public per se, but a lot of people just, weighed in like people do and I couldn't handle it. I could not handle um, just the whole, the whole experience of judgment around of, of me and, and my situation. And, 
you know, oh, you should fix this or you can fix this. I'm like, well, should I? And can I, you know, like I just couldn't, nothing was making sense to me and it was getting worse and worse. I was drinking more and more. I couldn't get to where I used to be able to get with alcohol. And that's when I started to worry about, and, and make no mistake about it. I, I owned a, our basic text of my um, recovery group nine years before I opened it for the first time. I knew. I had journaled mm-hmm. years before. I think I might have a problem. Maybe I should stop drinking. Maybe, you know, I could curtail or I could, you know. The um, seed was planted. <laughs> maybe I could only drink right. beer or whatever. Right. You know, it's not like we, amazing. yeah, it's not like we wake up one day with this full-blown, you know, alcohol addiction without having no. an inkling of awareness. Yeah, absolutely. So I knew, but I didn't know that. I mean, that paradox of denial, I know, and I don't know all at the same time Mm -hmm. um, was really strong for me. And, and what happened in the end um, of my drinking was I had an issue, um, just a very tragic string of deaths that came into my life. And they were very young people that passed away. Um, it was all, all tra- very tragic circumstances. And I, I had a moment of clarity um, that sometimes we hear um, people in recovery talk about. And uh, I call it my grace moment, this unmerited gift where I sort of thought to myself, these, these children are gone. They had this gift that we have and it's it's over for them, but it's not over for me um, yet. <laughs> Although I had given plenty of, of creative thinking around, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Like if this is life, you know, life is a gift. Bullshit. It's a slog fest. I am, I'm, I'm just grappling over here. You know, I don't know how to do this. It's like everybody got the instructions, but me, I didn't know how to do it. And I was tired of trying to do it without knowing how to do it. And I wanted to just, I just could sort of wish that, you know, I didn't have to do it anymore. You know, I didn't cook up plots and I didn't make a plan, but I thought about it. I thought about not being here anymore and how that would be such a relief Mm-hmm. to just not have to do this way of living anymore. Um, and I thought that the only way out was to just get out. Yeah. But I didn't, what I didn't know <laughs> is there's this whole other life out there, this whole other life that I had access to. Um, and what I did at the time, and I realized too that the only thing I really wanted to be in life was a mom. Like I wanted to nail that. I just really did. I loved being a mom. And I knew deep down and not even that deep down that I just wasn't excelling at that. I was, I was getting a D because I, if you can't, if you've got three kids, I had three kids left in my house at that point. Um, My son had moved to Colorado um, after he graduated from college. And um, I was falling asleep, quote unquote, and they were still up doing their night and I was asleep. 
Mm. That's not parenting. You're not parenting when you're doing that. So um, <clears throat> I, I made the, the decision to say it out loud to someone who I knew, knew about recovery. Um, and kind of the rest is history. That person steered me into um, a recovery program. I started to go to meetings. I began working the 12 steps of recovery. I wanted it so bad. And I couldn't believe how good it felt to just period not be drinking. Um, yeah. You know, I just couldn't believe how good that felt. And just then, not feeling like you know, shit every day. Yeah. Not feeling like shit every day. And I thought mm -hmm. that I was, I thought I had this horrible anxiety problem because my heart would palpitate in the mornings. Yeah. But that was just, that was me struggling with withdrawal mm -hmm. is what I look back and see that that was now sure. is that my body wanted alcohol and I wasn't giving it um, because another one of my rules was, well, you don't drink in the morning because that would mean you have a problem. So I wouldn't right. drink in the morning. That was one of those little guidelines I had for myself. So, um, so, much, so much work, right. That you create when we're trying to keep alcohol in our life. Exhausting. Like like and and really sort of rules and regulations and your own, oh, yeah. it's your own game. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, I think what I really would have liked when I first started was, <coughs> okay, great. Help me get sane, but let me keep the booze. I think maybe in the back of my mind, I thought that that's what I could do, but, um, I was so desperate and, um, so very desperate at the end that, um, I didn't really care what they asked me to do. I was willing to do it. And I had had an experience where one of my family members had been in rehab um, a couple of years before I got sober. And I went to a family meeting there one day. And the only thing I remember from that family meeting was that the counselor spoke about rock bottom. And he said that addiction is an elevator and it's only going in one direction, and that's down. But you can get off at any floor you want. You don't have to wait until... Because I always thought, oh, I, I'm probably going to have to get sober at some point. But I, not now. You know, I'm mm -hmm. going to... When I have to, I will. Right. And um, I, did, I didn't know what that have to, you know, what that was going to look like. But I did remember that one thing, and I said, I want to get off. You know, I want to get off this elevator. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to end up, you know, X, Y, Z or with, you know, any one of the number of bad things that can go wrong when you, you know, lead with alcohol all the time. A lot of those things had already gone wrong in my life behind the scenes. And um, I just didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. How old were you um, when you quit drinking? I was 47. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Just kind uh, of, yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I couldn't imagine what my life was going to look like without alcohol in it. I couldn't imagine it. Same. Same. 
that. Yeah. <laughs> like what, <laughs> what do people even do with themselves? Yeah. You, you kind of, when you future trip like that in the beginning, when you, when you're thinking about stopping drinking or when you stop, you just, your future trip, you're like, it is going to be the worst. It's going to be so boring. It's going to be so lame. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to hang out with me. I have such a busy yeah. social life now. I have a very busy, fulfilling, yeah. satisfying, uh, super uh, respectful social life, you know? Yeah. I, I, can't, yeah. I, I never could even, I didn't, didn't even think it was going to be that way. It didn't even occur to me that I could yeah. have all that I have now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know how much social life I have. Um, but I also thought, like, you would have thought if you could have seen my life before, like, it was social all the time. And you would have thought that I liked that and I loved it. And I did at the time, I think. And one of the things that happened when I got sober is like, I don't even know what I like. I don't even know. I don't even know. I've been doing this for so long that I don't know what's part of me and what's just part of this facade that I do all the time. Like, um, do I like social? And, and it turns out, like, I'll tell you what. Um, get sober and get divorced in the same year mm-hmm. and the attrition <laughs> is amazing it is you can document it because it's people just disappear mm-hmm. and um and it wasn't anybody's fault it was just and I have I, I you know not everybody thank god I have you know I have a, a handful of friends who had just been really tried and true and and stuck around apparently liked me either way. <laughs> so, um, you know, one is from second grade, one is from seventh grade and one I've known from, for 20 years, for mm. instance, like these are people who've known me for a long time and have stuck around, which is great. But a lot of people I just don't see anymore. And it's yeah. fine. It's mm. fine. And, um, I really like my cat in my home. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Home I do. yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't feel bad about that either. Like I, I used to think that that was boring and pathetic and sad. But like last night I went to a concert. I went to Boston. I went to see Hosier with one of my <gasps> friends. You know, fun. I know. I'm so jealous. I freaking love him. Oh my I, God. I listened to him like on have you repeat. Seen him? Yeah, Pardon have you me? seen him in live? Because Have you seen him live? No, just in the Ace concert on the plane home from Paris. I watched a concert of his that he did at the Ace All right. Hotel. Well, treat yourself. Live. Okay. Treat yourself because it's okay. Sorry, I got all crazy there no, for a it's second. Okay. <laughs> no, it's I love team. him. I play him all so, the time. I love him. Yeah, I love him, and he is a sweet man, and he's very, um, he's very wonderful, and um, that's. But that's one thing that remains consistent. I'm a huge music fan. I love to listen to live music. I volunteer for a music venue. I'm the MC. Like I did that job under the influence. <laughs> before I got sober right. and I, I wondered like what am I going to be able to am I going to be able to get up and do that sober like and, I didn't know yeah and we I did do oh, yeah. anything I, I, yeah we can do anything yeah. we can do anything it's amazing um and we can segue with that if you want to <laughs> <laughs> well and you know real quick I was going to say yeah I had to reckon a lot of my whatever parse out what I yeah, my, what I thought were my personality traits. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I I didn't know exactly who I was either. Um, Mm. at the end of my drinking, like I thought I was an introvert because I was an isolated drinker 
And once I took the, once I removed the alcohol, yeah, I kind of, you know, kind of nested up and took care of myself Mm -hmm. and, and didn't venture out much in the beginning. But now I get a lot of, I revive myself and get energy from being around people. I don't do it all the time. I like solitude as well, but I love being around people and, um, and I like to do it in an intentional way and, 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 and and draw meaning from it and all of those things. But yeah, you are so right. It, I came to the end, not knowing, uh, anything about myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's and I think what... that it's that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think that I lost my train of thought. Well, I think um, getting to the end and not realizing what—that's the emptiness. That is sort of to feel empty when you have so much. You know, I have. I had a beautiful. I have my life. First of all, just that is beautiful. I have four children. Beautiful. I have, you know, I have, um, you know, opportunities abound, you know, and I felt completely void. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that it, it's, I was going to say just that explains to, you know, maybe to our listeners or to other people who don't quite understand why on earth you would not, maybe not want to wake up the next morning because I felt yeah. the same way. Yeah. And I think here's the thing, like I had been looking for spiritual meaning for so long. I had every book that you could read. I had, you know, read every philosopher, you know, I had, um, you know, Thomas More and and who's the one with the the power of myth, Um, uh, Campbell, Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell. always searching, 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 searching for meaning. But I couldn't get there without removing the veil of alcohol. It's like that was the thing that kept me from seeing so much about, I mean, the spiritual void was, was magnificent. That was the void. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see the meaning of anything until I took the alcohol out. And then it opened up this channel where I could access everything that I had read and, and, and everything sort of started to be come into focus and, and be in technicolor. And I'm like, Oh, that's what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, life is a gift. Oh, now I can see where that would be true. And, and just, I, I could take these um, beautiful principles and actually implement them in my life because I wasn't numbing all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's like a, a switch gets flipped and same thing, total seeker my whole life. Yeah. And I think seekers, you know, when, we, when we're trying to find all that meaning and trying to find spirituality and you don't realize that that's what you're doing. I, can't, I couldn't realize that until I got sober. And that's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, and my way in, which is what I'm going to ask you about next, but my way in was recovery, it was creativity. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that, but my body, my intuition knew that. So that I wanted to ask you about like what yeah. creative medium are you working in and have you always been working in it? Yeah. Um, well, I'm a painter. 
And it feels so good to say that. I actually was telling people about um, recording this podcast last night and uh, there was someone there that didn't know me and they said, um, you know, I said, it's, oh, it's about creatives um, in recovery. And she's like, oh, what do you do? And I said, I'm an, I'm an artist. And my girlfriend was like, I've never heard you say that before. And it feels so it good feels to good say to, it, right? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it feels so good to say it. And, and, um, and I get to say it and I'm, I get to use whatever word I want and, and you're not the boss of me. Do you know what I mean? Like I <laughs> yeah. <can> say that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm a painter and I love, um, but I haven't, I've always, always been creative. And, you know, I was, I was asking for the Bob Ross painting kits when I was eight. Mm-hmm. You read any of my stuff mm-hmm. from like grade school. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to go to art school. I wanted to, I, that's what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, and I've always been passionate about it. I love to make things. I love to, you know, I, I still haven't found out when the kids come home with the school project and I get so excited to do it. Is that me being controlling or is that me just wanting to go to Michael's and buy Michael's craft store and buy everything? <laughs> and I'm like, let's do this thing. I love this. It's like glitter and we're going to make a sarcophagus out of clay. You know, like I love that. Like I love to make everything. And, and I've done, you know, I've been into sewing and I've been into collage and painting and drawing and, and just, just the things of my home. You know, Elizabeth Gilbert has this quote, and I don't know if she got it from somebody else, but she says, art is um, making something more beautiful than it needs to be. Yes. And I love that because you can make art anything. You can get dressed in the morning and that can be your art. You just decorate yourself. You know, you can make a beautiful meal and, you know, set it with this, these, this china or these dishes and that tablecloth and this music and these candles. Do you know what I mean? You can just make anything beautiful and you don't have to have a paintbrush in your hand to be an artist. There's so many ways you can do it. I just happen to use paint and, um, and I, um, you know, but the, the creativity path has completely changed. And um, I used to, um, make things that people asked me to make for them. Like I used to do a lot of watercolor house portraits, for instance, or can you paint a picture of this church where we got married? So give me a photo. I would copy it onto paper, you know, like with watercolors, mm-hmm. for instance. But now like I decided this year um, that my word of the year was going to be practice. Ooh, for 2020? Practice. Yeah, no, for 2019. Oh, for 2019, this year, yeah. Yeah, 2019. So you guys, if you had asked me to do this last year at this time, I wouldn't have had anything to bring to you because this year has been huge. My word of 2018 was intentional. Hmm. And that really helped me um, do quite a lot of things that make a lot of decisions about things that I was doing that I maybe didn't want to be doing anymore. My, It made me, it helped me... Um, focus on what I might want to say no to so I can say yes to something else. And then this year it was practice. And like right after I chose that word, and I don't know why I chose that word. You guys, do we even know why these things happen? Why that word popped into my head or why I settled on that? And then Amanda Grace, who I probably found out about through you guys, Mm -hmm. um, came up offering her raw course, her 30 day, 
Oh, her e-course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her e-course. And I just, I watched something of hers and I'm like, my God, first of all, I could listen to her all day. Can't even <laughs> listen to her voice Same. forever. And just, mm-hmm. My God. And then um, like, this looks like something I could really use because I want to get into the swing of things. I want to get into a, a practice. I want to, I want to be doing this because another thing I know that is, it is if you want to be a writer, if you want to call yourself a writer, then write things. You got to get to writing. you can call yourself yeah. a writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I was sitting on my porch one day and I'm like, oh, look at that girl walk by in her spandex and her earbuds. And she's just out there and she's walking and I want to be that kind of person. And I thought, well, put on your spandex and your earbuds and get out there and you will be that kind of person. You will be that person. Right. And you can do that with anything, you know? I want to be the kind of person that goes to the beach by myself. Well, go to the beach by yourself and mm-hmm. then you'll be that person. So like, it was kind of that thing. And it seems so simple, but it, it wasn't. I had to, um, I just sort of hear that. And um, she's really, if you've ever taken any of her courses or looked into her stuff that she does, she's really into play and just getting back to, the childish ways that we used to just not be attached to outcome and sit down and just make. And She's I love that. It's, oh, brilliant. She's one of my That's greatest brilliant. teachers on this path because yeah, Sandra and I took a workshop with her in Portland and I had taken yeah. one in Oakland beforehand in real in person and, and there's, it was nothing like it. And, and she's great online too, but yeah, she um, practices what she preaches. She walks the walk. Yeah you know, so yeah, she really does. But your practice, like I like to pick words for the year that are um, sometimes they're nouns, but usually they're verbs, because I want to take action, mm-hmm. you know, have my word kind of mm-hmm. guide me. Um, but that practice is a great one. That's a great word. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then um, when I had gone through that, and I had started to art journal um, in April, the 100 day project, starts and for your listeners who don't know what that is it's basically just a hashtag um, on Instagram you post your work for 100 days whatever creative thing that you do either post it in progress or finished or whatever and blog about it and and put a hashtag the 100 day project so that was an accountability thing for me Um, it had started and I looked and I'm like oh my god the 100 day project I'm not going to do it again like all these people are going to do it I'm going to have FOMO and I'm not going to do it. Like, come on, Mary Ellen, let's go. So I did. And I just, I, you know, I caught up and I did it. And um, it was a hundred days of, of creating out loud. And it was a huge um, hill to get over for me because I wasn't just going to do it for myself. I was going to post about it. Mm-hmm. People were going to see it. People were going to see what I was making, whether it was good or not. Well, I'm looking at your stuff on Instagram this morning and I, you can see an evolution too over the hundred days with your work and you can, um, you weren't doing just a small little painting. You, some of them are pretty significantly sized, you know, a 20 by 30 and you were doing it every day. I was doing it every day, Wow, every day. And if I didn't, if I skipped it, I said, who cares? I skipped it yesterday. (laughs) So what is this? This is day 39. I'm going to, let's just say it's day 40. Like I made my own rules. I had to do that around it. I really wanted to be accountable and I really wanted to, to do it. But I also had to be gentle with myself because I have perfectionist qualities and, and they make me insane. So 
if I wanted to do this and have it be beautiful for me and an experience that I could really get behind, I had to be gentle and, and say, you know, it's not going to be fun if you're at, you know, X, Y, Z thinking I have to get home and make something. So, right. um, you're generous but I with did, yourself. Yeah. And I tried, I tried to, um, you know, put up something creative, even if I went out and took a picture of the moon and, and blogged about that. Um, yeah. you know, noticing one of my, my prayer, my, my rudimentary prayer, cause I, you know, I had to learn how to pray when I got into recovery, my rudimentary prayer for a really long time in recovery was I would ask my higher power, please help me pay attention today and not be an asshole. Like <laughs> help me pay attention and not be an asshole. And that seemed to cover everything for me. And pay attention is like, look, observe, see what's going on around you. Who can you help? Like, how can you look away from yourself and look outward and see things? And, and how can you just not hurt people today? Hmm. And um, so noticing became huge for me. And, um, and it's, it's a really big part of my art and, and some of the um, um, inspiration I get is from just seeing, seeing especially nature, what's going on around me. Well, I love how your 100 day project embodied your word of the year practice because it does it force mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a practice. And then at the same time, you created a body of work. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I knew that that would happen. I said, I want a visual diary of, of what I'm doing, how I'm keeping myself honest here. And, you know, I worry. Um, you know, what people think sometimes I'm, you know, I think the not giving a crap what people think and giving a crap what people think the, the, dif- the, the distance between those two things is probably my work right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, or at least part of it. Um, I, you know, I want to walk the walk with where that's concerned and, and not everybody's going to like your art. And in fact, if they do, you're probably not making art, right? So, or you're, yeah, yeah you're not making uh, Mary Ellen's art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If everybody exactly. likes it. Right. And, and I did, it's funny because, and I don't know, maybe if you guys are just sitting around with nothing to do someday, you can find the post or the, the collection of posts right in the middle, or actually maybe near the end of my 100 day project where I was making art for other people. And oh. I realized I was doing it and um, I was like, oh, wait, hold up. Um, that doesn't feel authentic. I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. And uh, yeah, it was fascinating. It's fascinating um, to be a spectator in your own life. Um, and I think that that's like the kind of consciousness that I'm looking to achieve is to just be able to look at myself and see what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. uh adjust. Yeah. And hone your own creative voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, accountability projects are huge for me and just being accountable Mm -hmm. to a hundred day project or to taking a 30 day course or, you know, getting something that's into my, my rhythm and my routine has really helped me um, learn more and make a lot of art, you know, but yeah, you have 365 yeah, you know, days in a year. When I do year-long accountability yeah. projects, I morph and change and learn a lot about myself, for sure. Yeah, it's, 
it's amazing. And, and, you know, very unexpected things came out of it. I sold five of those pieces right off of Instagram and I only have like 140 followers. I just mm -hmm. made my, made my account public yesterday because I knew that, you know, if people wanted to, to, you know, listen to this podcast and wanted to see what I was making, I wanted them to be able to do that without having to feel like they needed to follow me or anything. So, um, so I sold five of those pieces from That's just that project awesome. and I have an offer from a gallery to have a show and, um, Look at you. I know because you put yeah. yourself out there because you're doing, yeah, I I, it's beautiful. You, we yeah, start believing in ourselves. That. Well, yeah. so yeah. let's, let's segue into, well, not segue, but I suck at segues by the way. Um, <laughs> art and creativity. <laughs> so this is another question that was on the questionnaire. And so it was, how does art yeah. and creativity, how has it played a role in your sobriety recovery? Like how has, how has that worked for you? Well, it's funny because, um, I didn't realize they were create, uh, connected just like I didn't realize my sobriety was connected to everything in my life. I didn't realize mm. it was connected to my creativity too. like all my relationships, you know, being a mom, it's connected to everything. Um, so I think the way it's connected with my art is that, um, you know, I don't, because I'm sober today, I don't think anything's impossible. Mm -hmm. because that was impossible right. in my mind. Yeah. So I don't look to my mind now to tell me what's possible because I know that my mind will make up little stories. And it's funny because, um, you know, when you guys um, asked me to do this podcast, I'm like, oh my God, imposter syndrome. I've been listening to this podcast for years and they only have really amazing women on that podcast. Like, true, oh God, Mary Ellen. That is true. We do. <laughs> that and is you true. Are. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute, maybe I'm an amazing woman. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that nothing's impossible. So when I think, um, wow, I would really love to take this somewhere. And I would, you know, I love to teach. Um, I love to teach. I love to show other women how I got sober and encourage them that they can be that way too. Mm -hmm. um, I love to teach anything. Um, and I would love to, you know, I'd love to do workshops. I'd love to do a show. I'd love to teach other women that this is a spiritual path. Creativity is a spiritual path and, and we're all creative. You, I mean, I, I listened to so many, I used to teach those paint and sip classes. I've actually taught them in recovery too. Um, and it's, it's amazing to watch women sit and talk about themselves, not having a creative bone in their body, can't draw a stick figure and then teach them that they can. That's beautiful. Even if it is just, you know, very methodical, like it doesn't matter. Like just yeah. put some paint down. You'll see who you are, you know, and you'll love it. If you're going to have a great time and they do. And so I would love to do a lot of things, but you know, my ego gets in there as soon as I start to, you know, project outward and think of what I'd love to do with my life. My ego wants to keep me safe and be like, Oh no, no, wait, 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 don't go there. You know, stay here, stay small. Um, but I know what's possible because I know that what's impossible has already happened. So I don't really think about um, impossibilities the same way anymore. That's one way it's, you know, gotten involved with my creativity and, you know, like, how they say in recovery, you know, you look for people um, who you hear talk about, you know, being sober and say, I want what they have. I'm going to ask them how they do it. 
And I do that. Like I, I look to people. I, I follow so many art accounts online of women who do these beautiful, generous YouTube videos of all their techniques. And I want to, I don't want to be that person, but I want to see what they do so I can do what they do. And I can try that. And I can, you know, oh, I'm going to do some mono prints today and oh, I'm going to get out, you know, a spatula and I'm going to try this and I'm going to do that. And, and, um, you know, that I learned in recovery. You just find someone who's do, doing what you want to be doing and, and do that. Yeah. You know? Same. So, um, yeah. Same for me. That was it's a, really. A, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm interrupting. Um, I'm like all excited. I no. Too much and I want to hear what you guys, I want to, I want to interact with you guys. But well, um, no, you're, we're interviewing you, my lady. I'm just saying, um, Austin, Austin Cleon's book, Steal Like an Artist. That was the book I read a couple years before I got sober, but that book gave me permission. Um, and then when I what got into the rooms, Say it again? Uh, um, Steal Like an Artist. It's oh, just a small like book. Yeah. That. It's yeah. a small book, but it's yeah, really powerful. It. And it gives you, it gave me permission to start doing these little things and sharing them on Instagram before I got sober and gave me permission. So that's yeah. what I was going to say, um, that it's just, uh, uh, also in the yeah. rooms hearing that phrase of, you know, find somebody who has what you want and yeah. then ask them how they did it. And, and more times, yeah. you know, they'll tell you, they'll share, they'll, they'll tell you. Yeah. And that's what you're doing yeah. on the show, you know, too. Um, so can mm-hmm. you share with our listeners, like how you're thriving in your life without alcohol? Like what's mm. going on for you? Yeah. Again, I would have to say like in every way, um, you know, I, I couldn't understand when I was drinking, what was wrong with me? Like, why do I, why do I think one thing and behave a different way? Like, why don't those two things come together? Like, why can't I execute what I know I want to do? Because deep down I knew who I was. I was a really good person and I, I just couldn't get there. And, um, and I, li- I live in integrity today. Integrity is a word that I value so much um, because I could not get there when alcohol was making my decisions. Um, or helping to make a lot of my decisions. Um, you know, I do, I do service. I have a meeting here in my home on Sunday mornings at my sponsees and it's the best part of my week. That's um, nice. Oh, it's great. We, I, I'm in my pajamas. Sometimes they're in their pajamas. Um, you know, coffee, <laughs> just sharing, you know, yeah. and being honest being just being able to be honest you know um walking into those rooms for the first time and hearing people tell the truth and knowing that that's what was helping them stay sober i was so grateful for that because i hid my truth for so long yeah it's like oh this is the medicine this is what the truth is the medicine for sure for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thrive as a mom. I love being a mom. Mm. Um, and my children, my relationship with all of my children, all of my relationships have gotten so much better. You know, I've dug into a lot of personal work in addition to how to stay sober and how to um, live happy, joyous and free. I've done a lot of, you know, I've been to therapy and I've learned, um, I've learned how to reparent myself 
I have learned to, um, ha- you know, mean what I say and say what I mean in the parenting format, which mm-hmm. has helped me set really clear boundaries and allowed my children to be themselves without, you know, me having expectations of them, which is beautiful. Um, and, and so many people helped me with that. I would have to say one of my finest resources um, for that was Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you follow her. Yeah. Um, she just, I wrote, I read her first book and I just, I love the way she looked at life. I love the way that she looked at spirituality and, and she, you know, she started off, I think they used to bill her as, you know, a mom advice person or something, you know, mothering advice or whatever. And I really needed that when I, when I first got sober and, um, yeah, I just, I love, um, I love being sober. I, I really did not anticipate loving it as much. I, I hoped that I would like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? but I really can't believe how great it is. I know, um, I know. And I know that, yeah. you know, no one would say that if it wasn't true, right? I mean, no one would be sober right. if that wasn't true. <laughs> right, right. We'd go back to um, the other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sure. go back to the other thing, and and it just still blows my mind. Um, although I don't think about it a lot, I try not to think too much about the old days because, um, you know, I you can't understand insanity. If you could, it wouldn't be insanity. So um, I try not to you know pick through the old rubble. Um, but you know, we it says somewhere in our literature it says something like I don't want to butcher it, but um, we had two choices. We could either continue to blot out the intolerable existence of our lives or seek spiritual help. And like the fact that it took me so long to to come to that and be like, oh, maybe I could get some help, um, you know, is I'm so glad I did. Like it's, it's a beautiful life and, you know, I want everybody to have it. I wish I could. I wish there was some sort of way that we could make that happen, but. I always think that too. And then I have to remind yeah. myself that I can't control the universe, but I do wish yeah. <laughs> that everyone yeah. could work the 12 steps in some way, shape or form that, that they could receive, mm-hmm. you know, cause not everybody wants to receive it the way that I've received it. But if, if they did mm-hmm. the 12 steps of some other program, you know, that I'm not in. Um, right. Just, I, right. It's such right. a beautiful, it, what do they call it? A design for living. Um, mm-hmm. It really is. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're not drinking anymore. And I'm really grateful that you are going to have a, a milestone in a couple of days. This will air yeah. later. So, but as we're recording, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's just a really big deal. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm so glad that you made that choice and that you don't feel the way that you used to feel. It doesn't sound like. Yeah, no, I don't at all. And it's a 180. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you see people struggle and, and, you know, you guys know as well as I do that there are so many people that come in and they hear the message and, they decide not yeah. to do it. And, um, you know, I, I would just encourage anyone that's in that gray area right now, just give it some time because time is amazing. And, um, and it will, it will, it will, re, you can reshape your life for sure. Um, I'll have to just do this really quickly because I want to make sure we get everything in. But if there's a person listening that is afraid to make that move, how did you, what was your way into your first meeting? Um, was it like with a friend gosh, or did you go by yourself? I, yeah, I went, I went with my aunt 
okay. who had um, gotten into recovery and um, a friend. I went into my first meeting and it was um, at the, you know, I Googled it. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a meeting in my area and I just went to it. And um, that was the first of many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Well, this is the part of the show. Sandra, do you have anything else? No, I just yeah. love your story, Mary Ellen. I've yeah. enjoyed getting to know you better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so honored to be talking to you guys about this. And, um, and uh, it is not lost on me that, that I um, can be in this position to, to have this conversation. So thank you. Yeah. It's very important. It's, it's, um, it's, you're doing a service, service work here. And I mm-hmm. very, it's very important. And I'm sure our listeners are, are grateful for that as well. I know we are. Um, but this yeah. is the part of the show. We're going to kind of have to go through this a little quickly, but we're going to, this is where we yeah. share um, three items from your unruffled toolbox. So what do you yeah, use? Well, I can go through it. Yeah, so what, I can go so through it pretty quickly because I've talked about the first one. Okay. Um, so yeah, so three is, items, three items, um, just so our listeners know in case this is the yeah. first time they're tuning in, it's three items that help you mm-hmm. either with your creativity or your sobriety, both, you know, or whatever you want to share. Three things that you think our mm-hmm. listeners might like want to put in their back pocket when they're needing a tool. So what's Yeah, you and I think that um, these three tools apply to both my um, sobriety and my creativity. Actually, the first one I've already talked about, and it's practice, um, you know, choosing that word and following through with that um, has helped me to achieve the flow that I have desired in my work, um, in my art, and also in my recovery. Just keep doing the thing. You know, we say do the next right thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and it probably isn't scrolling Pinterest looking for <laughs> other people's art. It might just be picking up the brush and it might be going to a meeting or calling um, a friend, a sober friend. Um, so there's practice. Um, number two is meditation. Um, and, you know, I've listened to so many of your podcasts and so many people rely on meditation, but it's something that it took me a really long time. And it's in our instructions. It's in the 12 step instructions. I really try to follow the instructions. I know I've been supposed to have been doing this for a long time, but um, it is a newish tool for me because I just was afraid of it for a long time. And I've started recently to meditate I've used, um, I've used music. I've used no music. I have used, I, I, I purchased for myself a mala from, um, somebody I think I learned about from you guys too. Um, um, elevate. Her name is, she has a book oh, called Elevate. Yeah. Dawn. Dawn. I have, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no. And, um, Lori Massacott. You're talking about no. Elevate, like her program? No, she's talking about a mala. No, it's oh, from actually... Her. It is Dawn. It is Dawn. Dawn. Elevate mm-hmm. Matt. I want to say Elevate Magic is the name of her Instagram, if I can uh, promote her here for a second. Um, but yeah, so that helps me because there's a bead and I can touch the bead and I can say the mantra or whatever. And so it keeps me on track, which is nice because it is loud in there for me um, when I meditate. So I have to um, really use a tool. Her Instagram is Elevate Magic Jewelry, and I just saw her on Sunday at a craft fair and bought some beautiful things from her. So yes, she does make yeah. beautiful things. Sorry, I got confused. She's, there. And she's yeah, she's lovely. Um, and also, um, I would say that my third tool would be online resources. Yes. Um, I spoke a little bit earlier about 
how, you know, I don't have a network really of, there was a time during my recovery that I thought, I think all my friends are online and they don't even know they're my friends. You know, like, <laughs> like you know, you guys and, yeah. and, you know, Anne Lamott and Elizabeth Gilbert and Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle and these, just these people that say these magnificent things. I'm like, yes, they're nailing it. They're saying all these things that, that I would say if I could get them out of my mouth, but I don't have that gift. They do. So I read what they say and I just relate, you know, and, and it's, um, it's good to know. I mean, me too has come to mean something else in light of the last couple of years. Um, but for me, me too first meant, you know, I went into these rooms of recovery and I heard people telling my story. Yes. Same, uh, same. Like, oh, God, yeah. That is so good to hear that there are other people out there that are feeling my feelings, doing what I'm doing, thinking what I'm thinking. And, um, you know, I find amazing resources um, online for prayer um, for meditation, you know, I've read Anne Lamott and help. Thanks. Wow. was probably the best resource ever or prayer that I could have ever found. Cause I was alienated from, you know, what I grew up with. So just, I would say, you know, tra- the, 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 uh, the holistic psychologist is another online resource that I follow that is, I don't know how I live without it. So, um, sometimes I go and see what other people follow who I admire and I do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the way in. it's like a little bit of a beautiful rabbit hole and yeah, social media can get a bad rap, but you know what, for things like this, like connecting me to artists and and other people that Mm -hmm. I admire that's, yeah, it's been really important. It goes back to, it goes back to what you said about creativity, you know, um, practice, uh, and sometimes you have to uh, emulate somebody else for a while do what they're mm-hmm. doing for mm-hmm. a while. And then eventually you find your own groove. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, um, and I, when I see someone else thriving, that's a model for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can see that you can see that all over the place on social media. Um, and you know, YouTube videos have been wonderful for my creativity. Just like, wow, look at them go with that paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to do that. You know, so, I never look at YouTube. So, I, I have so to, you're the second person today that's mentioned YouTube and I just, I'm going to have to go check it out. Cause I never, ever look on YouTube for anything. Oh my God. Um, so many women generously sharing their practice. I mean, you can watch someone paint for an hour on YouTube. And believe me, I have. Yeah, this is great. Uh, well, we have to wrap this up. Um, but I have a, a burning question. Um, okay. Do you already have your word picked out for next year? No, mm. I don't. Okay. And um, I'm simmering on mine too. So I was just curious. Are you? Yeah, yeah it's getting to be that time though. Yeah, um, it's getting to be that time. And, and, you know, I was, I've never been a huge New Year's resolution person. I shouldn't say that. Yes, I have, but not in recovery. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> again, I try to go easy. I try to be gentle. I try to not just stack the odds against me from the get go, which is, I think, what right. resolution is about. It's a little too concrete for me. Set, set yourself love- up for fa- success, not failure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So a word is, is great. Um, but I am getting, I will be getting into that groove probably right after the holidays. 
Okay. I'll start to settle. And uh, right now it's like, it's like the snow globe and it's all shaken and there's stuff everywhere. And, and but all of that will settle and I will be able to, I read that recently. And I'm like, Oh, that's my life right there. But it does settle. Like it doesn't, unless you keep shaking it, it will settle. And when it does, I'll, I'll start thinking about that end of year beginning stuff, rebirth and all that. Well, good. Well, our listeners, we'll put a little something on our Unruffled page, I'm sure, when um, we get into December, just about what people are thinking about. Because it's a, it's a really big yeah. tool in my life, and it's, a, it's been a guiding force for about eight years, so it's been, it's been important. Mm. Oh, wow. So, okay, so, yeah, my word for the year was honor this year. What was your word for the year, Sandra? It was greatness. Greatness. And I'm, oh. I'm ending off. I'm mm-hmm. ending the year. If you had asked me uh, end of September, October, what I felt about my word, I would have told you to. <laughs> That's why I didn't but, ask um, <laughs> but I am ending it in some good. greatness for sure. Good. Well, oh, good. That's we'll have to do an episode great. with the word for the year, Sandra, again, like we did last year, because I love talking about it. And I'm so glad that you brought it up in our conversation today here too, Marianne. Mm. That's great. Um, oh, people too. can find you on Instagram at M-E-C-U-S-A-C-K, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show <laughs> and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Oh. Thank you, girls. I really appreciate it. And I managed to keep my Boston accent um, under wraps. <laughs> I only heard which just I'm, small hints. Just Did you? Yeah. I'm just, good at it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not glamorous, trust me. It was slight. <laughs> and just, yeah, I enjoyed it, actually, uh, when I heard it. Well, thanks oh, for stepping up. Thanks for stepping up and saying yes. I want to share my story and my and come on the podcast because that takes a lot of a lot of guts, and we oh, it's, we're grateful. It's a joy. Yeah. No, I'm grateful day. too, and and I appreciate it. You two girls, take care. Okay. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Solis. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.